0: Hey, good people. February is Black History Month, and I'm celebrating it by hosting a special event that I want to share with all of you. On Wednesday, February 17th, join me at 7 p.m. Eastern Time for Unblocking Our Blessing, a 75-minute virtual event on how we cultivate the sexiness we need to thrive on this planet in the months and years ahead. During this brief yet powerful and interactive webinar, I'll share my insight on what sexiness really is and why it's nothing to fear. I'll also provide you with concrete strategies for how to get that good kind of energy successfully flowing in all areas of your life. Towards the end of the session, I'll also provide you with info on how you can tap into my upcoming BSE sex ed intensive set to begin later on this spring. Tickets for Unblocking Our Blessing are $20 and can be found under the Events tab on the TSOB website. This event is open to everyone. However, in particular, no person of African descent will be turned away for inability to pay. There will also be closed captioning and a recording will be provided for those who cannot attend live. For more info or specific questions, shoot us an email at mailbox at tsobpodcast.com. Let's start the show. Welcome to TSOB with Dr. G, a podcast featuring intellectual table talk about race and sexuality. I'm your host, Dr. Tracy Q. Gilbert, a sexuality educator, writer, and researcher. Join me as I talk with the most brilliant minds in human sexuality, applying a professional Black lens to discussions about sexiness, health, and healing in the new millennium. It's TSOB, the sex ed of Black folk. Let's get to the get down, shall we? Hello, hello, hello. Y'all already know how I feel. Every single episode, I always say I'm super excited and I am still very super excited today. Um, I, again, I'm telling y'all this season is all about introducing you all to the folks that I feel like are fundamental in terms of understanding what are we talking about when we're talking about sexuality and black folks. And this person is no exception. I'm talking about none other than Delicia Sa of Afrosexology. Um, we're going to read her bio, and then we are going to get into it. Delisha Psy, uh uses she and her pronouns, and she is a sexuality educator, professor, writer, and speaker. Through her words and work, Delisha facilitates space for people to connect deeper with their desires for their body, relationships, life, and our world. She is passionate about people unlearning oppressive norms that are externalized, Interpersonalized and internalized that keep us from moving towards a more liberated way of being. Delisha believes that systematic forces of oppression can be overthrown by a reclamation of intra and interpersonal power. Delisha is the co-founder of Afrosexology, a pleasure-based sex education platform that creates educational content and workshops to center the pleasure, empowerment, and liberation of Black people. So you know that's always uh, my jam and I'm here for that. Afrosexology's work covers topics such as masturbation, self-love, enhancing communication and relationships, radical twerking, which... I want to learn about that. Racialized sexual oppression, body agency, and much more. Through Afrosexology, Delicia has created space for tens of thousands of people of color to reclaim their sexuality and body agency. On top of Afrosexology, Delicia is a lecturer professor at the Brown School of Social Work at Washington University in St. Louis, so shouts out to St. Louis. Um, and she teaches graduate level courses in social theory, social justice and sexuality education. She is also a sought after facilitator and keynote speaker for conferences and events related to social justice and or sexuality. Delisha's work and words have been featured in Huffington Post, uh, Teen Vogue, Allure Magazine, Vibe Magazine, Glamour Magazine, pretty much all the magazines here. (laughs) And she's received the Phenomenal Woman Award, the Spirit of Social Work Award, the Reverend Robert Gilbert Advocacy Award, and the Academy for Leadership and Civic Engagement Leadership Award. So again, phenomenal dope people. Obviously, delicia fits right into the four so without further ado thank you so much for being on tslb delicia welcome hi thank you so much for Hello. having me tracy like honestly hearing you
1: read that bio out loud i was like oh man i forgot about all of it. <laughs> right you put a bio up on your website you don't look at it for like four more years and you're like oh i've been
0: doing things uh-huh <laughs> yes. yes and sometimes you need that reminder of like oh wait a minute i'm at you i'm doing it yes so Thank you. Thank you so much. And yes, uh, I just want to big up you and all the work that you do. Like, you know what, let me stop. Cause every time I'm like, I have all of these stories and I think of people where I'm like, if, if there's someone who I feel like is perfect in terms of talking about black sexuality or who is doing it in a way where I'm like, I aspire. Right, mm. you you are one of those folks, absolutely. Like I, I said that oh, to Erica Hart, so. I definitely feel that, and I and I definitely feel like you, like oh, just I I I, I stand. So <laughs> thank, thank you again thank for being you. on the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so let's just get into the Q and A. Um, so my first question I ask everyone: break it down for me. Where are you from? Where are your people from? And what's got you thinking about sexuality these days?
1: Mm. Yes, I love this question. So I am from Houston, Texas. I currently live in St. Louis, Missouri. I've been here for six, seven years, so I should probably start calling it home, but I am Texas. All through. <laughs> um, but my family is Liber- from Liberia, which is a country off of the west coast of Africa. It's a country founded by freed African-American slaves who, when slavery was over, they were like deuces and went back to the continent um, and found a country and so that has been really, really important for my narrative, for my just like understanding, because I come from people who, in a sense, got Black reparations, got liberation, like named the country after this idea of liberation, and then went around and pretty much replicated the systems of oppression that they left. And so, mm. uh, yeah, that work is super important to me. My, my mother comes from a descendant of like American librarians, and my father's indigenous. And so a lot of like very different upbringings very, very much created a system where that feels like America and um, enslaved indigenous people and created all of these like positions where indigenous people were not allowed to have political economic and social agency in their country, which led to the civil war, which is why we're in this country Mm
0: -hmm. again. And
1: so for me, the question that's always on the front of my mind is like, it's not just enough to feel like once we escape this stuff, we're gonna be free. It's really trying to understand the ways that we've internalized and normalized these oppressive ways of being. Uh And I want people to not just know what we don't want. I want people to get really clear on what we do want, which is why I love doing sex ed work. Cause I'm like liberation is desire work. I, I want to know what our dreams are, what we're working towards. And it scares me sometimes that I feel like we're not having those conversations in the same way. But yeah, but that's where my people are from. So I grew up rural uh, in a very much immigrant community. Houston is a huge population of Liberians, so grew up rural, a lot of like immigrants. Um, yeah, and so that's it's yeah. been fun taking that perspective and then also growing up black American, which is a perspective that my parents didn't get because they grew up in a country with a bunch of black people trying to help them address their own anti blackness as Africans and all of that stuff. So yeah, that's yeah, my yeah. people.
0: Oh, yes. I love it. I love it. And there's so much in what you said where I'm just like percolating that I'll get to in a second. Um but wait, did we answer the question of what's got you thinking about sex these days? Oh,
1: thank you for bringing that up. Okay. So, what's got me thinking about sex? I am in a space right now and like last year and this year where I am very much trying to become obsessed with my body. Like I'm doing so much body adornment, mm. body worshiping. I just realized that I've always been a thinker and so I've always just like prioritize my brain i've always prioritized the fact that i'm a really quick thinker and i have ignored my body and also Mm -hmm. just had a relationship of like not caring for it and so i'm i'm like in the space of being super tender and like just like really trying to prioritize my body and like celebrate it and love on it and like care for it in a way that i never had and so it is It is just making me think about like sex and the body and sexuality and expressing my body in a really different way that I haven't expressed in a long time because I've been so focused on like school and work and my head.
0: Yes. I love that so much. I, and and absolutely that's resonant for me. I think I talked about that um in the episode we had with Goody Howard um which I'm realize I'm like we got all these Texas people in the like in, in on the show. Like you're now the third yes. person from Texas who's been here and that's amazing. Um but I talk about how I entered this discussion very much through the head, right? And I think um a lot of that is absolutely related to race because that was how you succeeded as especially yeah, as a black yeah. femme prioritize the head, stop and silence that body. And so the reconnection work of getting back into the body, um, that's been part of my journey too. I, I acknowledge I'm not as successful as I would like to be some days, but that's definitely resonant for me. The idea of like, what does it take to reconnect and how do we do that work to reconnect? And not only reconnect, but prioritize the needs and the yeah. desires of the body. So that, that's so dope. That's so dope. Um, so a question that's coming up for me, thinking about your experience um, and your family's experience with Liberia. And I'm curious if you've thought at all, or if you have, what your thoughts are about how that experience has shaped your perception of liberation. And what it means to be a liberated being, um, and particularly in light of what you said about kind of how those systems of oppression got recreated. Um, yeah. If you have any thought, like, what's your thought about how that has shaped your understanding of liberation yeah. and what that really looks like?
1: So my my biggest thought is that like people white people are not free. White people are not liberated, and I think we get really <laughs> confused because we think that what white people have is liberation is mm-hmm. freedom. But their freedom is based on other people being oppressed which is not freedom their freedom is very like scarcity oriented um it is it is insecure and so i i think there's a lot of times when people like well even like recently with the capitol hill thing with white people trying to take over the government whatever they were doing um white on white crime, doing all their stuff. You know, people are like, oh, it's the it's freedom for me, it's the it's it's fact that they can do every, anything without consequences. And I'm like, that's not freedom, but people, you should know that the actions that you have on other people has consequences. Like, mm-hmm. that is a part of being in relationship with people is that like, what I do affects other people. And I should understand that and, and may take actions with that in mind. So just the idea of like, you could do whatever you want and there's no punishment, there's no consequences. I'm like, that's not freedom. Mm-hmm. So for me, Um, what I have taken away from like Liberia is that like, we have to get really clear on, on redefining, returning to, you know, indigenous ways or whatever, but like redefining for us ourselves, what is the goal that we're striving for? Like, what is it that we want and not just feeling like what we, we want to replicate what white people have.
0: Yeah, that is so valuable. That is so valuable. I think about that. Um, a lot we're recording this this won't come out anywhere close to this but we're recording this the week of the inauguration and with Mm -hmm. the new administration in power and and one of the things i think about very often with that is is this idea of like is it liberation if we're just replacing if if it's just about representation right and and we don't like this is not a show where i want to get too far into like things that don't literally concern the materiality of sex. But I think for me that that is something I think about often, like, okay, do we want freedom or do we want representation? Like, do we want to just have- um, Do you want so, freedom
1: or do you want to be white? Is the question I ask all the time. Do you want to be yeah. free or do you want to be
0: white? Which is, and
1: and I agree, I don't like talking a lot about politics, but I do think like sex has given me a space to redefine my relationship to concepts like power right mm-hmm. where for me like i used to really be afraid of power i used to really think that like i'd only see people who had power and would exploit it or would use it in these harmful ways because i was connecting to power to what i was seeing replicate in society and then here comes the king community who was like teaching me mm-hmm. different ways to be in relationship with power to hold power to be a dom who is not doing what they want to do because of their dom but they're doing what the submissive wants them to do that the submissive has the power and so seeing those dynamics has helped me to be like okay like what does it mean to hold power in a way that is responsible for the people who are trusting you to lead them which is not the model that i've been seeing represented so i i think polyamory community has taught me how to redefine love in a way that isn't around scarcity or ownership which is what i was seeing right but to see love in a way that is abundance and that is very much like we get, to, we get to choose to be together and we get to choose to separate when it's no longer working for us. And we get to choose to add other people in and that does not mean that I love you any less, right? Whereas yeah, yeah. we're currently in a system that feels like if black people get justice, there's less justice for white people. So right. there's like all these like scarcity over here. And so I think for me, the sex ed community has really helped me to redefine my relationship to these to these terms that feel more liberated.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes, okay. So we gonna get into all of that. Before we do that though, cause I'm like, oh, you are bringing up this and ooh, 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 we gonna talk about this too. Before we do that, tell us the story of how you even got into sex ed. Like how did you even get to sex ed and how, what was it that clicked for you in terms of being able to link sex ed to all of these other ideas that you now have?
1: Yeah, so I have always been curious around sexuality. You know, I grew up in a house of people were well, parents who were very much like, if you have a question, go research it, go learn the answer, except mm-hmm. for when it came to questions about sex and questions about religion, you weren't supposed to like question those things. But they mm-hmm. had already taught me all the skills and what it means to go look for the answers yourself. And so <laughs> I was the person who I am so grateful for the internet. If it was not for the internet, I don't think I would be here today. But I was the person who was like Googling and like, looking up like, how do you give someone like your first kiss how do you like hold someone's hand how do you like all of these things like just like trying to understand sex Mm -hmm. in this really young age um and i was the person in my high school who was like advocating for condoms in texas so abstinence schools yeah Yeah, it was just a lot and so for a long time i was interested in sexuality but i felt like i couldn't really make a career out of it like i look back and my 16 year old birthday gift from my boyfriend at the time was like a human sexuality textbook. Like it was clear to everyone else Mm. what I was doing. But to me, I was like, no, I can never really, that's not a thing. Like an undergrad, I was like, can't take a sexuality course. When I got to grad school, the first class I enrolled in was a sexuality course. And and the professor was like, you are a sex educator. And I'm like, no, I am not. Because (laughs) black people have other things going on to be talking about sex. I really thought that talking about sex was like frivolous. That it was actually- yeah, it was not mm-hmm. like we are dying. We are trying to like like feed ourselves We're trying to like get free. And like once we get free, then we'll get to talk about sex. We could get there. And so it really wasn't until being in St. Louis, Ferguson protests, reading Audre Lorde, that I really started to, to connect like how sex connects to Black freedom, like how it is important for us to re-relate to our bodies in really healthy and loving and affirming ways. And I was beginning to see the ways that this, oppressive system was not just impacting our experience with white people but impacting our experiences with each other and ourselves when it relates to our bodies and so for me it came from that I really just wanted to create a space and I'm like I wish I had this when I was younger and I want a community that can hold me as I grow and I wanted something that didn't feel super like I know as I'm talking I sound super heady but like as <laughs> psychology is very much like let's just talk about what feels good I'm so tired of Black people getting a space and just talking about trauma, pain, yeah. the bad stuff. Like, let's just talk about what feels good. And so, to create space for Black people to just talk about oral, talk about masturbation, talk about like uh, just like the the senses that we like to connect with. To talk about like fucking, to talk about riding dick, like whatever. Like let's just talk about things that feel good. And how can we do more and experience more of pleasurable things in this lifetime? yeah so yeah so after grad school uh rafael and i met in grad school and then we decided to just like let's just create something so we created afrosexology we were both unemployed at the time so we had lots of time (laughs) and within three weeks of being like let's do this we birthed afrosexology and now we're six years in and it has grown it has grown to just be this amazing community of black people talking about pleasure and like in a way that is shame free in a way that is so affirming in a way that is so vulnerable and I am just really grateful for the community that we've been able to build and nurture
0: that's beautiful yes 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 and tell folks Raffaella is your is your business partner tell us a little bit more yes. about Raffaella <laughs> yeah
1: so Raffaella is my business partner uh she her pronouns and is also a sex therapist yes so, so at some a point therapy practice called healing yeah. exchange yeah
0: beautiful. Yes. At some point we'll bring you both back and we'll talk we'll get more into Afrosexology, uh in particular there. Um but I want to touch on something you said um that that I think we don't talk about enough in our in the profession and I think a lot of this is connected to race and I and hopefully we'll get into that. Um is the idea of Black folks have too much on our plate to be thinking about sex, yeah. to be thinking about pleasure, right? Mm-hmm. Like I think um, a lot of the narrative, when we talk about sex negativity in the profession, and I think it's because of a function of white supremacy is the idea that, oh, if someone's not talking about sex, it's because they don't like it. It's because they're afraid of it. It's because they're anti-sex pleasure, all of those things. And what you're saying is very resonant to me in that I remember growing up feeling very much like, sex is it seems like a great thing like it's something that people enjoy it it's awesome however it's not something that as a black person you can prioritize because you you have to focus on you know not becoming a statistic you have to focus on uh you know keeping yourself safe keeping your family safe you have to focus on getting these coins and making money and and i think because of that i have seen especially with black femmes the priority list sex, just getting further and further and further down, especially when you marry it to the idea of it being in a relationship and added that it has in only way it's virtuous is if it's in a loving relationship, but then finding out, you know, your field of eligibles isn't as big. And to me, I think to get to liberation in the ways that you're talking about, we have to value sex. Like we have to bring it further up on our list and recognize that it's not just about orgasm, like orgasm is great and orgasm, alone should be one of the reasons why we're pursuing it but it is the key to so many other pieces which is why it's also important
1: yeah and i i love that um i think more and more sex educators are beginning to understand that the skills that we're teaching are not just skills that are helpful for people during sex but in all realms of their life that we're teaching people the skill of boundaries or we're teaching people how to ask for what they want and that's whether you're like having sex with somebody and like Navigating a relationship, and also with your boss, like learning how to, to ask for a promotion. Yes, you want set them boundaries and be like, I'm not answering emails after five. Like you know, yes, that we haven't been taught because it's just become really. It is in the best interest of those who want us to oppress for us to believe that like we don't deserve to feel good, we don't deserve pleasure, mm-hmm. we don't deserve to experience mm-hmm. healthy, loving, affirming relationship, and we should just normalize these really unhealthy dynamics because then it makes it easier to normalize the unhealthy dynamic that we have to them yeah
0: or that we don't need pleasure to thrive right like that we don't need pleasure like I think about this um you know, our, our uh, grand Patronus, uh, uh Mary J. Blige, turned 50 this year, right? <laughs> like, she's my, one of my patronesses, absolutely. And she posted a video of herself just enjoying the beach, right? Just lit, like, yeah. you know, she's she's been doing things, you know, with the fitness and she had her bikini on and she was like, you know, she been popping. But she put this yeah. video out and it was just her in such bliss. And for me, that was so special because I remember her saying, all I really want is to be happy. And I remember our community saying, you know what? I like Mary more when she's sad. I like more when she's making video, (laughs) making songs with drama and about Mm -hmm. her, you know, the drama that she, like, I I like her music more that way. And it was like, wow, like, That yeah. process of being able to own her pleasure and own that she had a right to be happy. And if that means that I'm not giving you no more sad songs, if that means that I'm not going to portray this narrative. And I think Jasmine Sullivan is another example of this where yeah. early on in her career, they wanted her to be the oh, you know, drama. And my man is dogging me and all of these things. And and I think that's part of that work of reclaiming and being like, no, pleasure. I, I want to be yeah. happy. I get to be happy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's just resonant for me, thinking of what you're saying. Um, So amen to pleasure. (laughs) Amen (laughs) Um, and
1: ashe, yes.
0: Right? So uh, another question that I ask, and you may already have kind of talked about it, but uh, another question that I ask everyone is, what is your, your sex ed superpower? What do you feel like your sex ed superpower is?
1: I love this question. Thank you so much. Um, so my power is being a dreamer. And I mean that I, I am fully embracing what it means to be a dreamer. Mm. I um, am somebody who I have dreams every night, active wild dreams every night. I daydream all day and i am a pisces and so i am like energy who was raised my mom my dad my grandmother my grandfather my partner all pisces also all dream energy around and i was raised to be a dreamer who's also a doer and i'm super grateful to my parents for that like there have been so many things when i was like i wanted i wish this existed my parents like you need to do it and they always instilled in me this idea that like no matter what you wanted, if you, like, you could get it. Like, it was just, like, not a question about it. I remember being, like, 15 to 17 and being, like, oh, I wish there was, like, more westernized, like, African clothing so I could wear it and feel, like, fashionable and not feel, like, super traditional. My mom was, like, start a clothing line. And I was, like, I can't, I don't know what's about that. She was, like, (laughs) Uh, I'm your first semester. We're gonna figure it out. And then my friend and I created a clothing line for, like, that we ran for, like, four years. And so it's always been, like, if you want something do it and so um, afrosexology was birthed out of a dream and i've created other communities like with shadeen francis we have like a a retreat where we bring together sex educators to yes love her where we bring together sex um entrepreneurs to really like share share some business skills because i wanted that knowledge i have i run this uh, group where we do platonic touch events for people of color because I really want a more platonic touch in my life. So like I'm someone who I'm just like, if I have a dream, um, if I want to do something, I'm gonna pursue it, I'm gonna build it. And I really just I just really appreciate being like someone who is a dreamer and who is a creative and who is a creator who feels empowered to create. And so um yeah i think it's a it's something that i've been trying to introduce myself as more i think in capitalism people are interested in me being a teacher and a writer but i am starting to be like i am a dreamer this is a gift that i am Honing and trying to learn how to be more in relationship with, and what does it mean to like embrace that part of myself that isn't really valued under this capitalistic system?
0: Yeah, that's yeah. my power.
1: I, I dream all the time. I have wild dreams and I enjoy it. And
0: yes, yes. that's a part. Oh, my goodness. That is such a perfect segue into my next question because I have my ideas about how this works, but I'm like, I want to hear your perspective first and see if this is resonant for you. Um, as it relates to black folks, right? Where do you feel like, or how do you feel like this shows up with regard to the experiences of black folks, just everyday black folks? And where do you feel like we may miss our opportunities when it comes to dreaming and putting our dreams mm. in motion and capitalizing on this the, the the good stuff that you're talking about?
1: Yeah. Ooh, yeah, I mean, that brings up for me just like a lot of heartbreak. Like, a, Like, I just see a lot of people who I feel like are dealing with heartbreak and different types of heart, like not just romantic, but just like, being a kid and like wanting to do something your parents just like not encouraging it because they were trying to prepare you to survive and not to like be a dreamer and to get your and trying to prevent you from experiencing more pain by like enforcing that pain now and so i see people who are really like heartbroken and who don't believe in themselves who don't believe in what they want to pursue who don't believe that they deserve to experience good things good relationships a good working relationship work relationship um and just like pleasure and orgasm so and that makes me really sad. I feel really heartbroken yeah. by it. Yeah. Um, I want I want a world where everyone feels like affirmed and feels seen and feels like super connected to their desires and feel like they can actualize it. Like I, I really want people to feel like this is your birthright. Like there's and the the mm-hmm. biggest lie in my mind is, is this idea that we're not enough or that we're too much. Instead of just be like, you are enough. You can mm-hmm. you can go for it. You yeah. deserve it. And I also think that like Christianity plays into this, I grew up really religious and this idea that like, you'll get what you deserve when you die and you're in heaven. And Mm -hmm. capitalism is the same thing when it's like, you'll get what you deserve. You could take the vacation after you work your ass off and you're exhausted, then you earn the vacation. This idea that we have to earn pleasure, I think is one of the biggest myths that we really need to like let go of. Mm -hmm. Instead of being like, no, you can experience and you deserve to experience pleasure now all the time all in all ways no matter what yeah Yeah. and you don't have to earn it you don't have to change for it there's nothing you need to do to be more deserving of a healthy loving relationship to yourself or to other people you should be able you deserve that now Mm -hmm. just as you are yes
0: yes oh my goodness thank you so much for saying that because Mm -hmm. what what i was thinking about as you were talking about dreaming right was the experience that I remember having growing up, and fortunately, I've been able to do my own work about that, di- you know, like about kind of healing that was this idea of dreaming was just for that, right? Dreaming with yeah. the understanding that it wasn't going to come true. It's just an opportunity to kind of detach from the world and kind of be in this, this visionary space. And I distinctly remember on a generational level, hearing elders in my community talk all this stuff about what they're going to do and what they're going to do and and also hearing the jadedness of people being like oh you're not really yeah. gonna do that. that's not really going to happen yeah. Yeah. and even i remember working with young people and and i think when i when i spent a lot of time working directly with young people i used to really do my best to to do what i say what i was going to do because i think there was such an ex- expectancy that it's not going to happen to where if yeah. something fell through people would they wouldn't even be surprised. It would be like, okay, yeah, sure. Because when do we ever as Black people, as poor people, as, you know, hood people, when do we ever get to see our dreams be accomplished? And so yeah. um, what you're, like, I appreciate you saying that because I think that was definitely resonant for me, specifically in the case of Black folks, because so much of our dreams have been deferred, like yeah. literally, to where you yeah. develop that consciousness that you don't expect. And it doesn't happen so speaking of dreaming i'm curious what you think delicia in terms of whether or not you think the shifts that have been happening in our society with kind of we're seeing (laughs) you know some of the old infrastructures (laughs) fall apart and fall down if you think that dreaming is going to have more of a resonance and have more of a place in terms of People being able to actualize the things that they're actually dreaming for in in the, as we move ahead.
1: Mm, <laughs> oh my god, that's a great and big question, and I I see, you know, I go back and forth. Like I I am, I am super optimistic, and I am very much a dreamer, and so I always am like, oh my god, we're getting so close to liberation. And then I'm also really tender um i i often am like i am tender-headed and tender-hearted so i get really like sad really quickly when i'm like oh no we're so far and so i think we're i'm seeing both of that a lot like i remember when the pandemic first started happening i was like oh man as humans as a species we are gonna come together because we need to survive like yeah and it's not about us fighting another country it's like us as a species as a world coming together to survive and then when I saw how people were, like, acting, like, with a courting toilet paper, I was like, oh, mm. <laughs> like, we're not, we are not, we are, we are not there. Um, <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm seeing both and, like, what, what we are in right now with this, like, pandemic and the states with this, like, um, political shift. I feel like we're seeing the failings of these systems that we have held up as working for so long, which I think Black people have been saying since the beginning, like this ain't it, like this ain't working. I think more people are understanding like, oh, not having universal healthcare in the middle of a pandemic where people are losing their jobs is not working, right? And this is, people have been asking for universal healthcare and have been, as if it's like some far away impossible dream, right? Mm -hmm. And I think people are like not saying like, we need to do this we are having beautiful conversations about what abolition means and getting yeah. to a place of being like, oh, this like prison system is not working. Like y'all have had time and it is failing, like the judicial system, all of this, like let's reimagine abolition and what it means to like build different uh, ways of, of providing safety for ourselves. And so those conversations felt really exciting for me. And I think more people are feeling, like the fact that abolition is like a word that most people are talking about now when it was it is like exciting. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, i think where we're at is like this place of like okay this stuff isn't working and i think a lot of us are like but what could work and so that is a a beautiful space to birth dreams right to birth like um, well maybe let's just imagine other things like what would you want to see happen like don't tell me what you think is possible tell me what you would like to see and we're also in a space where a lot of people are are inside the house with a partner or and recognizing like this relationship either is not working or this relationship needs a lot of like tenderness and like care it, it's been we've been ignoring it. And so there's also the space of like we're I think we're getting really clear kind on of, like what needs to be let go of and then what do we want to replace it with is a space that I think or dreams can can happen. And so yeah. I'm hoping that people are seeing this time and these like endings in a lot of ways as a space for us to like reimagine what we want to place place the systems with
0: yeah yeah definitely (laughs) yeah we'll see we don't know we'll see (laughs) but yeah no definitely um and i think i think that's part of why i asked that question because you know it sounds like the work that you all, all do especially with with afrosexology is facilitating this space for people to imagine things that they may not have even thought were possible yeah. as it relates to their yeah. own sexuality and their own sex lives, right? So can you right. can you talk a little bit more about that, right? Like about how do you take someone who maybe is used to just thinking about sex being some fringe thing that they do, maybe if they're lucky and they find a good partner, maybe if they've got time and they're not exhausted, maybe when the kids aren't you know, getting on their nerves, how do you take them through to getting to a space of recognizing like, wow, not only are my sexual desires possible, but they're valid and they're important and yeah. I I am gonna prioritize them.
1: Yeah, that's a really great question. Um, yeah, so I I feel like one of my, my favorite uh, places to start is not even like asking people to like take action, but just asking people to tap into their feelings. I think we, very much ignore the way that we feel and we get very caught up on like the act of doing. And for me, the way that we feel in the middle of the act is just as important. And so taking it away from like sex is just like, how are you feeling when you wake up in the morning? How are you feeling when you're eating these meals? How are you feeling when you're listening to this podcast? How are you feeling when you're hanging out with these people? How are you feeling when you're like helping your kid with homework? And just starting to like note the ways that we're feeling and then can we be intentional about moving towards the things that make us feel good and just doing more of those for me um honey melon is so good like every time i <laughs> eat it i'm just like why am i eating this all the time like i feel so excited it's so sweet in my mouth and i i just like i'm trying to like tap into that to be like okay i like this thing i like the way it makes me feel i like the way it like feels in my mouth i want to try to get more honeydew so that i can eat more of the things that make me feel good um because i think a lot of us just normalize things feeling really bad or we just like we navigate life really numb and we just think like that's how it's supposed to be where our friendships are supposed to make us feel more insecure or supposed to feel more Mm. uh or like less seen or shame that like the work relationship like i remember my dad telling me like work is supposed to be depressing and i was just like that's awful (laughs) Like, like, like it's just supposed to be depressing that i people like wake up and they're just like ready to get back into bed they're just like dragging their feet throughout yeah. their day so I think we just normalize that feeling in so many parts of our life which makes it that much easier to normalize it in sex right to just normalize it that like I'm gonna have the sex and I don't expect for anyone to care about my pleasure I don't expect for my orgasm to be prioritized I don't expect to ask for what I want because I'm not gonna do it anyway I don't expect for my needs to be met because and, and that is just a part of us continue to normalize so like we don't deserve to feel good and so trying to tap into those feelings I think is a really beautiful place to start to just know what friends make you feel good what friends make you feel like energized and supported and seeing what food makes your tummy feel like it wants to dance like what smells do you like like I you know I'm really into jasmine so like just like getting into like how can I light jasmine my incense with jasmine in the day so that the room that I walk into smells good like how can we just really tap into the things that make us feel good and doing more of those.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm thinking about what you said about work, right? And and just how normal yeah. it is for people to hate their jobs and like, yeah. yeah, it's totally okay that my boss I can't stand her and that my boss cursed me out and I was totally, you know, I, cur- you know, I was mad, but I went back to work the next day and I didn't question it. Yeah. And, uh, disappointment is, it does seem to be so infused into so many of mm-hmm. our experiences and being able to be like, no. I'm not gonna do that. I, I am going to quit. I'm going to do something else. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it kind of goes hand in hand with dreaming too it, and recognizing like, if I do quit this unpleasurable experience, I can do so with the faith and the expectation that there will be something better waiting for me. So I do yeah. acknowledge that it does yeah. go hand in hand and there's that faith yeah. work that has to be built up as well. Um, yeah
1: or just start making an exit strategy don't normalize like this is how it has to be it's going to be the same forever even if it takes you five ten years to make your exit plan just know that you deserve a work environment or a relationship or whatever that makes you feel good and if that means you got to do whatever you gotta do to make it happen know that you are deserving of it
0: yes yes amen 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 um okay so let's get into some of the specific Sexuality topics you mentioned earlier, I know you talked about kink um I know you also talked about
1: I always talk about masturbation so probably
0: about yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh that yes, polyamory right so um mm-hmm. let's talk about kind of uh what your thoughts are on kink and polyamory, and how those tie into what you're saying about you mentioned some of it with kink, but how it ties into what you're saying about. Uh, kind of learning what you want, expressing what you want, commanding what you want and and pushing back past some of those boundaries of like, well, I don't do yeah. this and I don't like this and you know, so and so forth. Well, not yeah. necessarily, I don't like this, but um, I mean?
1: <laughs> yeah, so for me, what I have really enjoyed about the sex ed community or just like the sexuality community in general is being around people who are just like so authentically expressing their eroticism their desires their desires their desires for like their like sex their desires for relationships their desires for the world like they're just saying, like, this is what i want and i'm going to go after it no matter the king community has shown me like no matter what it is no matter what it is if it is something that is that you want and it is consensual for the other person involved you can make it happen that is so amazing i, I mean mm-hmm. i was talking to somebody actually i'm going to get no i don't know if they want their name attached to this. But I was talking to someone who is in the kink world, a black femme, who I adore, who was just saying that like uh one of her first scenes with the, as a submissive, she was um, you know, playing this like this like game where she was like trying to like play hard to get and she was teasing him and the and the guy was just like, if you want me to spank you, just ask for it. And I was like, that is powerful to just be like, we don't have to play all of these like games that we've been scripted into. If you want something to happen, just ask for it and I will do it. Like how many times are we in relationships?
0: Yeah, I was just gonna ask you really quickly, can you explain for the folks what you mean when you say submissive and and just real quick, what does that mean? Yes,
1: yes. So when we're talking about, thank you. When we're talking about submissive and dominance, we're talking about power dynamics. And so we're talking about like a submissive as somebody who is submitting to another, um, to, submitting their power to another person and the dominant is the person who has the you know like has the power but honestly it is just more of an exchange where the submissive gets to say like these are these are the terms of wh- what i want to experience and the dominant does those things so there's many different ways to uh, that those power dynamics can play out but it really is just like co- like having an intentional relationship with someone where you are exchanging
0: power Yes, excellent. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, But yes, going back to what you were saying about if you want to be spanked, just ask for it.
1: Yeah. And I just was, I was just like, when she said that, I was like, that's so simple and so profound. Like so profound Mm -hmm. because there's so many things where we feel like we have to play all these games all the time and dating and navigating white people. We're just always gonna be playing all these games and we can't just ask for what we want because we do not trust that the people around us will give it to us. Yeah, And so just like this idea of like, if you want something just ask for it It was super helpful for me and so there's 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 many lessons that come up in the sex world around ways to relate to your body ways to relate to other people where it just feels so counter to what we're currently doing in our everyday life yeah really helpful yeah Um, i know for me like masturbating is a thing that we i talk about all the time in sexology. it is my favorite topic and (laughs) um it was something that I had so much shame around. Like I just used to pride myself on being the girl who like did not need to masturbate. Like I thought masturbation mm. was like something that desperate women did. And I just was like, I don't need to do that. I can just go get the real thing. Even though the real heterosex I was having was not pleasurable. was not good. Mm-hmm. And nobody would tell you about my clitoris. And so the first time that I ever brought myself to orgasm, I was like, Oh, this is sex. Like I was like, This is, <laughs> this, is this is what I've been not experiencing. Right. And it was just so powerful to be like I can do this on my own. Oh my gosh, I was yeah. just like oh, well, I'm not wasting my time no more. <laughs> like after that it was like I would find myself in situations with people and they would be like I'm I'm not I'm, they there's one guy who was like I'm doing what your body's telling me to do even though I was verbally telling him to do something else and right. I was just like I gonna take this. I'm going to leave. I can masturbate. I can <laughs> <laughs> and just like once I, like for me it was like well what else can I do by myself like what else do I already have within me right like I was very much raised to think that my pleasure had to come from somebody outside of me that it came from some man that my liberation came from white people and masturbating was like can I liberate myself like can I bring myself all this pleasure all this power like what's within me that I don't have to be waiting for somebody else to do for me and so I am just really grateful to sexuality to these spaces for the lessons that I've learned when it comes to sex has also translated to like all aspects of my life.
0: Yeah, yeah. I I love what you um I, I love what you say. And I think it's I think it's definitely resonant to me that I've learned in being in sex ed spaces and sexuality spaces, just how freeing it can be to just say what's on your mind and not yeah. have to worry. Because I think there's also the piece of like Even if you say yes, depending on who you are, you may judge me for having wanted to ask that in the first place. And I think about that a lot with the experiences of men who may want to experience things that may be coded as, oh, homosexual or, you know, gay shit or whatever, and and being able to have a space where it's like, okay, you know? And and even if I say no, it's not no. How dare you? It's no, I'm not interested in that, but it's okay, Right. right? And how and so I think there's the piece that's coming up in my mind of not only asking but also cultivating a space where the ask can mm-hmm. be made and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And um, mm-hmm. I think in our community too, there's some learning and some growing that can happen there around being like, yeah, actually, I would like you and your friends to run a train on me, and yeah, that's okay, even if yeah. you don't want to do it, right? Or or I yeah. would like you to um, use this plug on me, and it's okay. You know, it's, there's no shame if you don't want to do it. It's just, I'm going to be able to ask. Yeah. For. Um. Yeah. I, I, that's definitely resonant for me, this idea of just being able to be free to even ask. And- and Yeah.
1: <laughs> Audre Lorde said it, Audre Lorde said, we have been taught to fear the yes within us. We've been taught yeah. to fear
0: like the things
1: that we want, the things that we want to ask for. Yeah. And so yes, that's a skill in itself. And then we also don't know how, we haven't been taught how to, do rejection in a way that is okay we haven't been taught yes. how to give rejection and we haven't been taught to receive rejection right yeah. and so there's so many skills in sex again that translate to all aspects of our life so
0: like yeah how do
1: you say yes to something that you want how do you ask for what you want how do you say no in yeah. a way that isn't shaming that isn't belittling that isn't like you know putting someone down for their ass but just like no i'm not interested and then how do you hear that no and not be like well fuck you then and then like right. and react asking a you know like you a bitch or whatever? It's like, oh okay, cool. Thank you for letting me know. Like, right. right. H- how amazing is it that somebody would like was honest with you and said no. Which also means you can trust when they say yes, that they yes. want to do this, that they actually want to do it. And they don't feel coerced or pressured. And isn't that what y'all want? <laughs> That's right. You want isn't
0: it? that what we say we want? Right. Um. And I, and I also want to be clear to listeners. Like, I, I, I think it's important to understand that these discussions are across the spectrum. Right. So even if it's something as simple, like I remember a story from my experience of wanting to have a par- tell a partner, I want you to make love to me. Right? Like I like being able to say that. Like I remember feeling like this feels so awkward to be like, would you hug yeah. to me? Would yeah. you hold me? Would you give me a hug? Like I think, uh, I I don't know that we and I don't know that we have space to get into them. But for a lot of reasons, I think even negotiating just basic intimacy in our community yeah. can be a challenge. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and to where the vulnerability it takes to just say, would you please just hug me? Would you please just yeah. you know like. Even that, you know, I think there's a learning hard. space and it's difficult, but there's a learning space to be able to just be like, I'm going to practice saying this, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, can I have your number? <laughs> like, like yeah. yeah. ass, right. So, yeah. So powerful. It's such a powerful.
1: Uh, no, that definitely relates. And it is hard. I, yes. Yeah. I don't yeah. want to ever be like, it's super easy. It is hard. It is hard because we haven't <laughs> been you know, or taught that it's okay to do these things, to have needs and wants and desires and to yeah. ask for it and that people are going to meet it. It's not something we've been taught.
0: Yeah. And and yet that's where the opportunities began. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so, so what I'm thinking about is the person who's like, all right, Delicia, I hear you. I, I actually have some dreams. I don't know where to begin and getting those dreams fulfilled. Um, mm. my my kid actually has some dreams. And I, I I don't know. I don't I don't have any experience with getting these dreams fulfilled. Where mm. what advice would you offer them on, in terms of how to begin, where to go? What even how do they move?
1: Mm. Yeah. So this is <laughs> this is where I've been trying to like tend to myself because I can definitely dream more than do. And I'm trying to be as much of a doer as a dreamer. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing that's been really helpful for me has been writing down first the big picture dream. I always think to write it down and then trying to break it down into like small baby steps. I am all about the baby steps right now. <laughs> like it is mm-hmm. just like it, it, um, I actually like love thinking about, um, life as if <laughs> it is, it is just babying all over again because I think sometimes we're like, we get caught up in like man i'm this old or i'm this i've lived life this long i should be able to do this like that instead of getting back to the phase of like at one point we didn't know how to talk at one point we didn't know how to read at one point mm-hmm. we didn't know how to walk and we had to take baby steps and when we were taking those baby steps people were so compassionate with us and so supportive and yeah. so affirming hopefully right that like if when you were learning to walk or when your kid was learning to walk and they fell that you weren't like what the fuck is wrong with you get your ass up you know it was just mm-hmm. like yeah, you you did it. Do it again. Try again. And so I think cultivating that compassionate, nurturing, supportive voice for yourself or for the people who you're trying to support as they're trying to take these baby steps in their dreams is really, really important. And so instead of being like zero to hundred, they're like, I got to quit my job right now, and I got to you know, right, gotta, and I got to go, go become a swinger. Just <laughs> like what is the smallest step you can take towards your dream, and maybe that is just like naming it out loud right yeah. like maybe something you've been carrying in your heart and you haven't told anybody else and you just want to tell somebody and that is a step maybe it is you know i just want to like look into what are other career opportunities that could be like could be uh, that i could be interested in and just start like looking into that and just see like what is it that this person does in this job like yeah. um what is it that it means to like align with this like sexual orientation or sexual expression like or this sex community I think we get really hard we're really hard on ourselves we're really hard on ourselves and so have the compassion for yourself that you would have for a child who is learning a skill for the first time and take them baby steps and celebrate celebrate when you mess up i am someone who now that like i I started taking pottery classes uh two years ago and the first time i broke my um my pottery thing broke because i didn't whatever i didn't dry it enough i was like "Yeah, yeah i made my first big mistake you know like celebrating that and versus being like oh my god like you put so much time and energy into this and now it failed and you can't even use it It's like how can i just start beginning to be really compassionate and nurturing with myself and so that's my advice baby steps lots of compassion lots of support and joy and celebrating yourself because it is hard and the fact that you are even choosing to pursue something that you believe in or that you want that you desire is enough to celebrate in itself
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to actually, I'm realizing this episode for the homework for this episode. So the folks who've been doing your homework, this is your homework for this episode. I think folks should, what popped in my head was a sex journal, right? You were talking about writing down your desires and like, what would it mean to just write down one thing that you want for your sex life if it's something as simple as i want to get more comfort with touching myself i want to i want to get courage with asking someone out i want like just being able to write those things down um i remember you reminded me of in my 20s the first time i went to a pride event and i remember feeling like oh my god i went to pride because that was like a major hurdle um on my journey and and i think that's those little things, you're right. Just being able to celebrate is so, so, so important. Yeah, definitely.
1: Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. The the dream is as important as the process. We get super product oriented, but the process is so important. And so just, yeah, learning to ask you what you want, write it down, think about it, fantasize about it, celebrate it. That's the beauty.
0: Yeah. That's the fun part. So that's what we're gonna do. We're gonna all get journals and we're gonna start dreaming and <laughs> writing down our dreams. And then we're gonna take baby steps to make them happen because Delisha yes. told us. So. <laughs> so one of my dreams, uh we we uh one of my dreams is gonna be getting my twerk together, but <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> No, let me stop. Friend, I've actually gotten better over the quarantine with my twerking. I just yeah. recognize that there are certain limits that your knees can get to once you hit my age. They're just gonna be what they are.
1: You know, <laughs> I have my age. I'd be sitting there like, I can't do that. Like, that's okay. My twerk is gonna look a little different. Right. And that's okay. That's what my twerk is. That's what my body can do. And I love it. I love it. I love it. <laughs>
0: Yes. Okay, so I have my rapid fire questions coming up in just a bit, but before I get to that, I would like you to share with the people what you feel like it means for you at this moment in history to be who you are as a Black sex educator, um, offering your voice and your gift to the world. What do you feel like your role, your function, your legacy is at this moment in time?
1: That That is such a big question. (laughs) That's <laughs> a big question,
0: and, and I also like acknowledge that. that, like, like, like Maya Angelou told uh, Oprah Winfrey, your legacy may not even be realized yet. So I do acknowledge that, but at That's the same real. time, That's you so are real. moving. So, oh,
1: thank you. I mean, I hope that. I, I mean, I hope that Afrosexology lives way beyond me, and I really hope that in. I hope that my legacy is that Black people felt like they had a space to dream and imagine and explore and experience pleasure. Like I really hope that that they are all that we're all experiencing really, really, really pleasurable relationships with ourselves and with each other. Like that's what I want. That's what I want. And um I also, you know, I, I move between the sexed space and like social justice spaces um, and activist spaces, and so I want people to see that there are skills. I want people to feel like that I have highlighted highlighted that there are skills in both communities that can support each other and that it's that it can help us get towards liberation. I don't know, Chase, this is a hard question. I don't know. I'm sitting here like, I don't know. Great. It's a great question. Um I hope the you know, I, I don't hope I'm dead before I see it. I, that's one thing I want to be alive and get my roses.
0: <laughs> I get that it's a it's a tough question, right? Like, I think I'm. I, I think when I put throw in legacy, that does kind of throw a wrench in things. I, I just really want, um, and and I hope you understand. You know that, like my perspective um, for the every all of us that are doing this work, but especially the folks on this platform, is that when they look back. At the history of sex ed as a profession, your name's going to be there, right? And I, I, I think that's that matters and that's important because, particularly, you know, I don't want to get too much into the, the the technical parts of sex ed, but I think far too often the the folks who are considered the pioneers and the trailblazers and, and those folks mm-hmm. are not us, and yet here you mm-hmm. are, folks like mm-hmm. you who are literally blazing trails, who are literally advancing new ways to talk about these topics that are valid and they need to be uplifted. And so yeah. that's why I asked that question for to, mm. to have you think about like, yeah, what is my role? Because, because I think it's tremendous. I think it's tremendous, period.
1: Yeah. Oh, that makes me, um, thank you for the question. Thank you for that. It makes me really sad that our names are left off because I feel like we would have no black sexual liberation if it wasn't for black friends in Not this country none none because when white women were trying to be housewives black blues women were up there my rainy Bessie smith were out there talking about husband boyfriend girlfriend like everybody okay all of it (laughs) so there ain't none without us and i really hope that yeah that people um associate my name with like pleasure and liberation
0: yeah ashe love it okay ready for the rapid fire questions yes yes (laughs) okay (laughs) and you've listened to the the shows now so you kind of know where we're going with them but they're just basic sense of stuff i don't know my answer (laughs) (laughs) okay (laughs) well just whatever comes up for you whatever comes up for you take as much time as you need there is no pressure there is no speed we're just gonna get through it okay Mm
1: -hmm.
0: okay (laughs) first Mm -hmm. one Mm -hmm. sexiness is
1: My body,
0: yes. Come on with it, yes. Talk about it, (laughs) yes.
1: I'm loving my body these days. Yeah, Amen.
0: I was gonna say that moan you did beforehand was sexiness to me. I was (laughs) like, yes, come on, come on, ASMR. Mm -mm." (laughs) All right. The sexiest thing about blackness and or black people is
1: everything everything our whole energy swag aura soul we just we got a stank you know we just put a stank on everything we just
0: that's it just I, all <laughs> of us amen my go-to for feeling sexy is
1: mm-hmm. okay yes shower in the dark candles lit music going
0: Come on, shower. I've done the the bathtub shower. That's a that's another experience. That's <laughs> it, that's
1: that's cool. it. I love the feeling of water pouring over my head. Like uh, that.
0: Yeah. So that's another me. homework assignment, y'all. Y'all gonna have a <laughs> bath or a shower in the dark. Get some candles. Make sure they're near. You know, we got some space so you don't set your bathroom on yeah. fire. But that's a, that's another homework yeah. assignment. <laughs> yes.
1: And play some good music. Play some sexy music. Oh,
0: yes. Love it. Yes. 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 Sexual freedom for black folk is achieved when. Oh, I feel like
1: I feel like we got it. We just gotta walk into it. We just gotta step into it. We so close. We so yeah. close. So when we step
0: into it. Yeah. Come on. It's a seed. Yes. Just cultivate it. Mm. Amen. <laughs> All right. Last one. When I'm done being on this podcast, I will
1: go for a walk and soak up some sun
0: yes 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 i have decided i'm not going to use the visual for this but i'm just looking at the sun beaming on your face it's beautiful absolutely and also i want the record to show that you did bring this awesome t-shirt less oppression more more orgasms afrosexology please tell the people how can they find you how can they get this t-shirt how can they just keep up with all things delicia
1: yes so we are afrosexology everywhere afrosexology.com Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, all over the place. Um, And then I am Delisha, Delisha Saw is my website, Delisha on Instagram, um, Twitter, and Facebook.
0: Yes. And we will have the website address in the show notes. So please make sure you go there if you uh, need anything else. Thank you again, Delisha, for being on with me. This conversation was tremendous. I hope it just blesses everyone. And I hope you have an amazing weekend. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank
1: you so much for having me. This is awesome.
0: Yes. And thank you all for listening. Y'all take care and I'll talk to you again soon. You've been listening to TSOB with Dr. G produced by Dr. Tracy Q. Gilbert of Tembi I. to keep up with all things TSOB. Follow us on social media at TSOB the podcast, which you can find on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook for past episodes of the show, visit TSOB or subscribe to the show, either on YouTube or anywhere else you listen to podcasts. Now, don't forget that you've got homework for this episode. To find the downloadable worksheet for this or any other episode of the show, head on over again to tsobpodcast.com where you'll find it and any other important information from the show notes. And finally, do you have any questions or thoughts to share? Sound off by email at mailbox at tsobpodcast.com. Again, this was TSOB, The Sex Ed of Black Folk. Thank you for listening. Talk again soon.